Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, the Browns head into the bye week on the lowest of lows. We'll get into that very soon. Fantasy football talk, waiver wire ads, big show coming up right now. Sick podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara, the sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. In the backfield, Latavius Murray. Huntley takes the shotgun snap. Back to pass. Let's the ball got stripped away. In the air. The Browns fight for the ball. And it's picked up by Miles Garrett. He's gonna score! Touchdown! It's gonna be sick. All right, everybody. Yeah, Andy Mack with you. I'm, I'm down. I'm not going to lie. I'm usually super upbeat. I'm down. feel beaten up. We came off of the Titans win. That stinker against Baltimore. And there's a lot to unpack from that as the Browns get the bye. And then you welcome in one of the best teams in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. So we'll get to all of that. Also, lots of fantasy football talk in. So if you got your fantasy football questions, hit us up in the comments section on Twitter at AndyMC81 at SickPodBrowns. On Instagram and TikTok at AndyMC Sports. Click like, notification, share it, all that good stuff. Get those questions in. And of course, how are you feeling about the Browns at the bye week now at two and two? So I thought, well, you know what? With that big loss heading into the bye, I always like to get a player's perspective when possible. And an old friend, guy I've had on multiple times, and he does such a great job as Browns sideline reporter for the radio uh, games, as well as on ESPN 850 Cleveland for the next level Monday to Friday. And, of course, a three-time Super Bowl champ, my guy Gerard Cherry. Gerard, how are you? What's up? What's up? I'm doing well, Andy. What's up with you? Oh, let's see if we can get him. There we go. Gerard, can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you fine. Oh, there we go. All right. After that man, after that epic intro, and I, I'm, I'm left hanging. <laughs> I know, right. I how you feeling, man? Good? I guess. I'm doing well, man. I can't complain other than what you said in your opening, that the football team, very, very disappointing loss on Sunday. And it's so bad. I actually tried to watch it today, and I only got past two plays before. Actually, one play. I got to one play, and I just turned it off. Oh, no. Oh, no. I I don't blame you. Don't put yourself through it. Gerard, there's there's a lot to unpack here, more so, I think, post-game. I'm not going to go through the stats because that's depressing. But Kevin Stefanski, and I'm sure you noticed this as well, typically he gives you nothing in press conference. He says nothing. He just he talks, but he says nothing. But I, am I reading too much? Am I paranoid Browns fan reading too much into it? Did it not seem a little bit that he was throwing Deshaun Watson kind of under the bus of, hey, he was medically cleared. 
He knows his body. He chose not to play. Did you get that vibe a little bit, or am I just too paranoid here? No, uh, you could take the perspective that he didn't follow him sport and he gave us more information than we're accustomed to getting from Kev in regards to player injuries and what they were thinking and why they made the decisions that they made in regards to players playing. The good thing, though, is this is what you pay attention to. If you don't see anything from Deshaun Watson's camp, be it his agent or family and friends, then there's nothing to worry about, that the relationship is fine. No one's perceiving that as being thrown on the bus. Just simply put, Kevin's telling it like it is. But, yes, that was a rare occasion when he actually gave us something because he does a stellar job of keeping everything vanilla. <laughs> Giving us nothing. That's a great point, Gerard. Okay, that's, we have to – Browns fans, all right, keep an eye on socials. Let's see if, let's see if anything happens here. And, and, Gerard, it's so funny how much still that Baker Mayfield still has an impact because – I I'll tell you this. I just tweeted out in a reply to to a reporter comment. It was it was uh, Watson pulled his uh, you know pulled himself out essentially of the game, even though medically cleared. And all I typed, Gerard, all I typed was Baker would have played dot dot dot. As of this taping, forty five thousand impressions on Twitter. I'm like, Baker is still a hot topic here, man. And he's looking pretty good at three and one. And that's the issue right there. We did so much to get Deshaun's services. $230 million to be exact. And you have Baker Mayfield, who's right now on his, what, fourth team? And yes. he is at 3-1. and one. And to be honest with you, I didn't think he would do that good of a job in Tampa Bay. But to his credit, he found a way this Sunday to beat the Saints and get the job done. And so that just, if anything, it exacerbates the problem here because we had a situation. But here's the thing, before I even jump down that path, Baker right. did it for self-motivational reasons in that, his contract was up. I'm going to play. And we all know the fiasco that led to him playing relief reports to Jay Glazer, not following the team's PR and paying yeah. attention to what they had to tell him from an advice standpoint or just procedure. So that was a mess in its own right. But yeah, when you have a situation where he's three and one, we're two and two. And I think you agree with me. We should be four and oh, based upon what Definitely. I have so far, but we're not. And that's the part that's so disappointing about what's going on right now. It's like, you have to win divisional games first and foremost. You cannot afford to lose any game. And on top of that, when you put a team out there that's capable of playing at a high level and we still find ourselves losing these football games, especially as Browns followers and fans, it's frustrating. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's ridiculous, really. It's a case where it's like, all right, what are we what are we looking at here when it comes to Deshaun Watson? Because then obviously it comes down to the uh, contract, right? Rightly or wrongly. It comes down to that. And also a case of like, well, okay, the coaching staff let Baker run out last year. He he, he wanted to play, but they still ran him out. So you get the conspiracy theory of sabotage, but whatever. Baker's in Tampa. We're here. Whatever. That's fine. But when you look at uh, moving forward now, the play calling was next up. I blame solely, Gerard, really, um, Kevin Stefanski on the play calling with DTR because there, you had no business calling those types of plays there, right? And, and that's fair because you say to yourself, he's a rookie, inexperienced quarterback. He has not played in meaningful football. Well, since college, you can make that argument. But obviously, he hasn't played since the Kansas City preseason game. And you say to yourself, okay, what's our thought process behind going with the game plan? And I get it. He has a similar, similar skill set as Deshaun Watson. They both can operate off schedule, make things happen with their legs, and do things with their arm. But the problem is this. What you see in preseason is not what you're going to see in the regular season. And in my opinion, especially with our defense, 
Just scale it down on a script that you have a defense that can keep you in the game and just make it ultra simple. But we were of the mindset that, no, we're going to run exact – it felt like we were running the exact same thing had Deshaun Watson played. Yep. And I do think in hindsight now Kevin would say, you know what, I shouldn't have went that route. Yes, we said DTR was our number two quarterback. We got rid of Dobbs for a reason, to show it and say the rest of the world and to our ownership and to our fan base that, hey, this guy is a real deal. But unfortunately, we found out that he's not quite yet there. And play calling could have certainly have helped him because I'm of the opinion – I would have ran it 50 times, to be honest with you. Yes. Said, okay, let's play an old school special team, flip the field, who has a better defense and who's going to blink first type of football game. I was hoping we'd do that against the Steelers, and we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at on it. Yeah. In conversation with Gerard Cherry, three-time Super Bowl champ, host, uh, co-host of The Next Level on ESPN Cleveland and Brown Sideline reporter on Twitter at JRCherry3. And Gerard, now in the bye when we get a chance to breathe for a second and analyze it, it's concerning because, okay, you had big win against Cincinnati and you can put asterisks, whatever, Joe Burrow, bad weather, whatever. Tennessee was terrible. The two division games and the when you needed, when things didn't go your way and you needed to adjust, yet again, we see Stefanski not able or willing to adjust in game. Like everybody and their neighbor was saying run the ball all that time. It, I, I'm just afraid we're going backwards where it seemed like Stefanski was starting to to go and get that in-game feel. We're going backwards, so it's like, well, analytics, you know, and that, that conversation is going to start delivering itself. Like, analytics says you should throw. Well, you also got to realize it's a fifth-round rookie against Baltimore, and you got to change it. And that's, I think, what pisses a lot of people off. Well, here's the thing, too. Think about the first play of the game. The first play of the game was a run. Yeah. And it was a successful run, barring the fact that a veteran vet Held and if you look at the play itself, and then I turned it off as I said earlier. I watched it again. I watched it on the sideline. I watched it this morning. I was like, I can't do this. But That's it, enough. I mean, the way in which Coop held, it was like, come on, ref, what are you calling that for? You, I mean, did you not get a? Did you have a quarter that you had to meet this week for calling penalties because that was a ticky tacky play at its best? I mean, he was past them and you called it. But with that being said. We start off running. I think what it is is that once we get in a negative spot, the running game goes out the window. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we are definitely passing now. We're not running. And then the next time we try to run, then you have a holding call. So now you start to say, okay, well, we can't run the football. We have no confidence in that. And when you're in that space as a signal, was a, as a play caller, that you don't trust one element and you become one-dimensional, you're screwed. Yeah, so, yeah. And ultimately, that's what happened. But at the end of the day, I would have cared about that. And I, and I feel what you're saying. I'm sympathetic to it. And, heck, I even supported the idea that just run at nausea. Even if it's one yard, who cares? Just keep running so that way we don't put us in a situation where we're losing more yards because of the drastic of a holding penalty in the passing play or a sack and what that does from a momentum yeah. standpoint or the potential of an INT or even a pass breakup because those plays do what to a defense? It galvanizes them. And the rest of the team starts to feed off of that. And that's what you run the risk with when you're unable to pass the football. Yeah, and that's exactly what we saw. Even if you're punting, keep the ball out of the Ravens' hands. Like, this is why am I saying this? I'm not even a, 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 a played in the league at all. And you're saying that you're a Super Bowl champ. You know what? The, and it's just, that's what's so frustrating with all of this, where it's like just punt, control, play it old school, don't get fancy. And Gerard, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm certainly not going to go back to watch that game, but where we saw. DTR run backwards for 20 yards. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like throw it. Like, what am I watching? This is like 0 17 stuff 
that we're going back to. It's, it was crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. There's a lot to digest there, man, yeah. from a painful standpoint. And yeah. really, we talk about moving on. How do you move on? Well, I think what do you do to move on? First of all, you say we can't put that type of effort out there mm-hmm. moving forward. If we're serious about doing something this season and not wasting this roster, because I'm telling you, if we don't make the playoffs and beyond, you're talking about a wasted season with what we have on this roster. I mean, that's going to be painful. This is yep. legitimately the best roster that I've seen in Cleveland since 1999. Can you think of a better Agreed. one? No, no, no. On paper, no. Absolutely not. That's and that's what's so wild about it. Spot, man. We yeah. Got and here's the, here's the crazy part. With the early buy, mm. buys are always supposed to be a time in which you assess where you're at. And we got a lot to assess because the fortunate part is we played our division. We played our division. We know where we stand. Now, right now, the Ravens certainly have the mental edge. And to a degree, the Pittsburgh Steelers do too. But yeah. you have to say to yourself, okay, if the offense can complement the defense, and that's really all the message has to be. It's really simple for us because we've been in situations here as Brown supporters where we've said the best thing we got going is special teams. Yeah. One space that only plays about 10 snaps a game, right? We're yep. in that space no more. We're in a space where the special teams is capable of complementing the defense. The defense is next level. Even after that performance, I still feel that they're one of the best defenses in the league. The offense just needs to figure out at this stage, compliment them. We don't have to be fancy. This is my advice I would give. We don't have to be fancy. We don't have to put out trickery. We don't have to justify why we're paying Deshaun because ultimately I think we would care more about wins than we would care about his level of production. At least I would. Yes. Yes. And all those questions go away. Doesn't matter. If you're winning, it doesn't matter. We saw that after the first game, right, against Cincinnati and against the Titans. And now it's it's just kind of sitting there. Now we wait for the 49ers. We got two weeks to think about that and, and sit in the stink that was that Ravens game. But Gerard, as before we get you out of here, as a player going into the bye week, I, I want to get your perspective. This is always a nervous time for front offices, coaches, fans, because inevitably you hear like, so-and-so was out till 4 a.m. and something real bad happened. Uh, what, what did you used to do on, on bye weeks? Was it vacation? Was it to reset yourself? What did you used to do as a player? Ah, man, I had you got to pick where I was living. So right. if I was living in New Orleans, to like a, what I, I just hated being in New Orleans, so I would go to another city just to be <laughs> there. And then when I lived in Boston, I had to get out of the cold because we always had late buys because we're a good football team. I would go to Orlando, I go to Florida, and just literally sit in Disney World, not walk around, just sit on the grounds and just look at something pretty. That nice. that was my that was my break. So you never never had to worry about me being out late because one, you're too tired and you don't want to waste all that energy. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the competition and the level of play is so tight that that extra minute, hour, day of rest that you can get, and the difference between playing at night or at three thirty versus one o'clock actually makes a difference. That's yeah. how tight it is as far as your needs to get rest. So I was a guy that would rest, but yes, there are those guys out there who are going oh. go to do something crazy like go to France and <laughs> just do some <laughs> wild stuff in a couple of days because they got the means to do it. And I'm like, what are you thinking, man? Keep it local. Yep. Well, oh, oh. United States. Call it, calling Odell. Yeah. Going to, going to France or something. Right. <laughs> For sure. And last one for you here, Gerard. Uh, what do you want to see during this week leading up to the 49ers game? Is there anything you want to see from 
the players talking uh, during media scrums. Is there any anything, or does it have to wait to the field when they host the 49ers to see if any changes have been made? Like, what do you want to see out of this next bunch of days? I don't, as far as talk is concerned, as we know, it's cheap. Yeah. Except yeah. when you and I do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, <laughs> players, they just, and and players, and, and you can't just put it on the players. Also, it has to put, be put on the head coach as mm-hmm. well, Kevin Stefanski. They just have to come to terms with what are we going to be? What type of football team are we going to be? Because you got three more weeks to really solidify, I think, who you are as a football team. Are we going to be a football team that can grind it out when we need to grind it out and not only match the team's physicality but surpass it on all three phases of our football team? How do we get there? How do we stay there? And then, obviously, we've been talking a lot about play calling. Is it more important to have flair or is it more important to just simply complement the defense and don't turn things over and keep it really simple and vanilla and do and hit our play action passes when we have a chance to, or really say, okay, defense, we're not going to put you in a state to where you're always bailing us out with turnovers and the potentiality of bad field position. That's really what they have to figure out and, and contemplate. And we have a lot of time to do that because the team that's coming to town, oh. you know, just like I know, I got a feeling they're going to beat Dallas this yep. um, Sunday night. And I also got a feeling that they can't wait to come play us to say and make their mark and say we're the best team in football. Boy, it's, it's scary. The ball. Gerard, with that defense, if I see a freaking Harrison, Harrison Bryant flea flicker again, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose it if I see a Bryant flea flicker again. Stop it. Enough. God. Yeah, we shall see. But, but again, oh, my gosh. Do what oh. you do and do what got you here. So I respect that too. But I I do believe this. Every week it should be a week to week matchup. What does this team do well, and how do we exploit it more so than here's what we're gonna do? Because ultimately I get it. When you a prolific offense, you can take that mantra of this is what we're gonna do and no one's gonna stop it. But we haven't got there yet to to say that we didn't show any signs of that in the preseason. And this is essentially a new situation relationship with Deshaun and Kev. You start making those type of proclamations, I think, two or three years into the relationship of this is what we're going to do and dare someone to stop it. And when you got a defense like this, I just think you complement it the best way you can. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm sure a lot of Browns fans do as well. Gerard, always love having you on. Tell people where they can where they can find you and, and hear you every day. Uh, you can hear me on ESPN Cleveland 850. You can also hear me on Wednesdays and Thursday nights on the Browns Radio Network, and you can also hear me on Sundays on the Browns Radio Network. And if you really want to hear a lot of me, you can catch me on ESPN Plus doing college football games as well. And actually, All over I'll the place. On, I'll be on ESPN Sunday night national with Emmett Golden. We're going to do the oh. the, um, the show on Sunday night. Oh, beautiful. That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely be tuning into that. Gerard, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Take care. All right. There he goes. Three-time Super Bowl champ. Brown sideline reporter, host on ESPN Cleveland as well. The great Gerard Cherry. Always love that insight that Gerard is able to give because of the player analysis and the player mindset where he was at. And I'm totally with him. Like, let me know, Browns fans, where are you with what Gerard was saying and leading into this bye week and coming out of the bye week at the 49ers? Leave your comments below. Hit us up on Twitter at AndyMC81 at SickPodBrowns and Instagram and TikTok at AndyMC Sports. Because if we don't see adjustments, and why would we believe that we would? There was a point in that opening week when you beat the Bengals, 
where Stefanski just ran the ball with Nick Chubb. And I was like, all right, he's getting it. He's understanding. He's doing in-game adjustments. He knows he can't throw. But then we go backwards in Pittsburgh. Then Tennessee. Trickery, you got away with it because the Titans aren't that good. And then the Ravens, six players out, six regulars out. And you put up that effort with DTR. Shameful. That that play calling by Kevin Stefanski was the biggest letdown, maybe of his entire Browns tenure. Because that game was there. Yeah, I don't know if you would have beaten the Ravens, but you sure as hell wouldn't have lost 28 to 3. That's for damn sure. I'm gonna get I'm gonna give my dog bone to uh Harrison uh or um Dustin Hopkins. I'll give it I'm gonna say Bryant. No, I'm gonna give it to the kicker. You know why? He's the only one who got any points. Special teams had a good day. Dog bone goes to Dustin Hopkins making the kick, looking good, give us some confidence in that special teams in the kicking game. Defense fell flat. Maybe that's, you know, if you have to lose, and this defense, everyone was crowning them, and myself included, they looked absolutely unstoppable. Maybe this is a nice little wake-up call. Maybe this is a motivation for Jim Schwartz to be able to say, hey, um, we got a guy called Christian McCaffrey coming, and that dude can catch, run, and do everything. Like He is unreal, as we know. So you got to be on your absolute A game and assignments. So maybe this will be an extra motivator for the Browns defense. But that was just a travesty. And I have to say that, not to dwell on the Baker thing, he's gone, whatever. But I just keep coming back to that. They, the Browns front office, absolutely submarine and sabotage Baker. Yes, he was wanted to play and he was going and wanted to play for that contract. And maybe it was, it was selfishly so. But the problem is, is that, if you're the head coach and the front office, you should want a player that wants to go out if his arm is falling off, which Baker's pretty much was. You should want a guy to want. And you, as the coach, says, player X, love it. Appreciate it. But you're going to take a seat and get better. If they would have put surgery on Baker in week two in that 2021 season, he would have been back week eight, week nine, and off you go. Yeah, Case Keenum at the time could have rock and rolled. A perfect example. Um, of a player who did, and I got a lot more respect for this guy, David Njoku. Deshaun Watson's shoulder, and there was room, maybe there's fluid. Okay. He pulled himself out. It's done. All right, let's see what you do against San Francisco. But you want heart. You want a motivator. And the guy had his best game of the season. David Njoku literally burned his face and his arm and had trouble putting his helmet on because his skin was cooked off. And that guy lights it up, goes and plays, and does a great effort all game long. That's the type of guy I want on my team. David Njoku's heart and will to compete and play, that's the type of thing I want. Not what it seems from afar of Deshaun Watson pulling himself out of the game when he was medically cleared to play. Something to think about. We'll have to park it. Sit on it, eat that awful taste of that game, and there you go. We're going to get to our fantasy football, get a little happier here, okay? Thanks to Gerard Cherry again, our fantasy football waiver wire uh, under the waiver wire pickups. But, hey, you know what? Let's let's talk about our friends at DraftKings, folks, okay? Because we got Thursday night football, we got Sunday games, Browns aren't playing, but that doesn't mean that you still can't play. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and 
what we're looking at here, of course, is you use six sports as the code and you get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet $5. That's it. And we know the NFL season, it's rocking and rolling. So new customers. So again, bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. A little sweetener deal, a little, little sprinkle. Sprinkle some flavor on your bets. So you can get in the game, get great, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use code 6SPORTS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code 6SPORTS only on the DraftKings Sportsbooks, an official betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Maybe you can crown yourself in your fantasy football league this week. Let's get to Under the Wire. Find some pickups. All right, so this is, we have to remember, the first week of buys. Yes, the bye week fantasy football hell is starting. We, we had some pretty big dogs taking a seat this week. On by, of course, the Browns, Buccaneers, Chargers, and Seahawks. We saw put the boots to the Giants on Monday Night Football. Boy, side note. Oh, man. I, Brian Dable might lose a job. I don't think he should, but he might with efforts like that. Good Lord. All right. So we're on bye week. We got those teams on the bye. What do we do? Let's talk about quarterbacks because maybe you got Baker. I still wouldn't recommend for fantasy football. You definitely got Justin Herbert, maybe Geno Smith. What do you, can you do at quarterback? Well, folks, I can't believe we're going to say this. Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. The guy the Browns traded away who could have played, who could have played against the Ravens. Hindsight's 2020, but man, I would much rather have how Josh Dobbs is playing than uh, what we saw there. And again, play calling. I'm not blaming um, DTR, the rookie, at all. The poor guy. He looks so. He looks so young. He looks scared. He looked like, he looked shocked. Right? Like, can can you blame him? I can't blame him. Like he just looked like deer in the headlight. At JMac Travel Four on Twitter says. Um, yeah, terrified deer, deer in the headlight look on DTR. Saw it right away. Um, he looked like most of the guys who were going to fight Tyson in his prime. Exactly. Agreed. Uh, he, but now where do we go? If you need fantasy football help at quarterback. Josh Dobbs, 5%, oh, 6% rostered. Okay. Check out these fantasy numbers. I can't believe it. Out of Arizona. After week one, week two. 25.2 fantasy points. Week three, 17. Last week, 23.4. Hasn't thrown an interception. Two touchdowns in the air last week. One each of the previous two weeks. Rushed in a touchdown in week two. Ran for 55 and 48 yards his last two weeks. He's distributing the ball. And he's available. So if you need bye week help, and even to improve as a backup, like I'm, I'm grabbing Josh Dobbs. I can't believe it. And they're playing the Bengals who are discombobulated. They're beside themselves. They're not playing like themselves. Josh Dobbs is a nice start this week. If he's gone or if you want to go somewhere else, that'd be my top ad. Sam Howell, the commander's next 18% rostered versus the Bears. I'm not a believer long-term in Sam Howell. I think he's going to be a career backup. But right now, it's been up and down. If you don't want Dobbs or can't get Dobbs, that might be a viable option if you need streaming help. Would be a cheaper DFS play as well on DraftKings. Um, You look at him after rebounding disastrous four interception day last week, but this past Sunday 
put up 19.6 fantasy points, did not turn the ball over, added 40 yards rushing. And you're playing the Bears, who are in total free fall. That defense gave up a 21-7 to halftime lead to the Broncos, when 70 dropped on them by the Dolphins the week before. So if you don't want Dobbs, go hell, but go Dobbs. That's that's your best option there. On defenses, I had the Cleveland defense. Maybe have one of the others are looking to switch things up. Uh, defenses, of course, can make a big difference. I won my week one uh, fantasy con in two, two leagues because of the Dallas defense. Got like 27 points. You can get the Detroit Lions defense now. 13% rostered only. You're playing the Panthers. They're going nowhere. You got young quarterback Bryce Young. And look at this for the Lions. Last two games combined. 12 sacks, two interceptions, recovered a fumble, 16 and 10 fantasy points in those last two. Terrific fantasy matchup. Now we go to wide receiver. Did you ever think, folks, we'd be living in a world where I'd be suggesting a possible stack of Cardinals? I didn't. Josh Dobbs, how about Michael Wilson? 3% rostered, again, versus the Bengals. And when you look at the target share, the heavy target share that still goes to Marquise Goodwin and Zach Ertz, maybe they forget about Michael Wilson. Last week, people certainly did. Seven catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns, but kept building. Right? He had more targets the, the week before. He kept building and stacking. Surprise involvement there, um, but he's getting a connection with Josh Dobbs, and you know, the Bengals are, are up, up in their heads. They don't know what's going on. So Michael Wilson could be a, a smart play. Uh, Tank Dell, the Texans. I told you to Adam last week. He's still available in 25% of Yahoo leagues. He's probably not there, but he might. Take a look if he is. Because as I said last week, it would probably be a down game against the Steelers. It was, but he's popping. Kudos to C.J. Stroud. What an absolute stud start to his NFL career. And you're going to have a whole lot of an easier matchup against the Falcons. So I expect a big bounce back from Tank Dell. You can stack Stroud and Dell for sure. Um, take a look at that. That's that's a good one I like there. Running back, pretty lean on the waiver wire. But there is a guy that you might want to look at, and it's for the Denver Broncos. Yes, we laugh at the Broncos, but even in awful teams, there are good fantasy players. And a guy to add, Jaleel McLaughlin, 4% rostered. They're playing the Jets. Tough defense for the Jets, yes. But he was a favorite of Sean Payton out of camp. Javante Williams got banged up. He looked electric, McLaughlin. He was hitting his holes. Great vision. Like he looked crisp. He looked good. 72 rushing yards on just seven carries, plus three catches and a touchdown. So Wilson, and especially with that tough Jets defense, if they're coming at him for angles, what's a great little quick outlet? To the running back. Pop it right to him, and you're feeling good, right? So he's definitely my top running back out of the week. And for tight end, give me Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys, 24% rostered. It's versus the 49ers. Yes, that ain't good. But, again, we have to think of it. What has Dak Prescott been doing? He's been getting it out to Ferguson quick. That's been his outlet guy. That's been his go-to move the chains. And when you have a CD Lamb to look at, Tony Pollard, and again, that 49ers defense that is one of the best in all football coming at you, you want to get that ball out of your hand quick. And Dak Prescott can do that to Jake Ferguson. Um, he's going to give you as good as anybody else you could find a, a tight end and probably better. Because he's being used. He's not in the committee, really. He's stepping He's stepping up. So Jake Ferguson, my top tight end there. You got any fantasy football questions, folks? Hit me up on Twitter. Hashtag AskAndy. I'll get to one question here. I'll just bring up quick here. And I'll answer the rest on uh, on Twitter here. 
Where are we here? I got I, like I told you that Baker tweet where I just tweet, uh, tweeted uh, replied Baker would have played. It's up to forty thousand impressions. This is I'm gonna have to mute this. This is nuts. Wow. And now it's arguments within arguments. I hate that. And I'm just caught in it. Anyway, this from at KJM underscore cannot says, Hey Andy, I was wondering, do I pick up Michael Wilson of Arizona and drop Tutu at well? Uh, Wilson is coming on and it looks like cup is coming back. Thanks. Hashtag ask Andy. Interesting question with the Rams and Tutu down week cup is coming back. I wouldn't drop him yet. I would see, is there anybody else that you could drop and add Wilson instead of with Tutu? Now, it might end up that, yeah, Tutu is shoved aside, but he came on so suddenly with Puka that I just, I have him on a couple of my teams. I don't want to give up on him just yet. Maybe it'll prove a mistake, but I'm going to err on keeping him after one down game, just seeing how it plays out, just to see how it plays out. So keep that in mind. I would like to get Wilson. But we have to remember, too, that you are capped with Josh Dobbs as a, a pass catcher, despite uh, all the, the glowing things I said about him. You're going to be capped. Nice add to Wilson. I'd hold off on dropping Tutu at this point. Any other questions, hit up in the comment section here. Click notification. Share the episode. We always love that. Click like, subscribe uh, to the channel. Click subscribe. And then on Twitter, at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram and TikTok, at AndyMCSports. Use hashtag AskAndy. Okay. We'll be back this weekend for a fantasy football show preview with Show Ali. No Browns game. We're going to hopefully let this wash away, clear the mind, and get ready for the 49ers, and we'll see what happens then. And hopefully no drama during the off week for the for the Browns. Thank you so much to ESPN Cleveland's Gerard Cherry, to Sammy and the Sick Podcast crew. I'm Andy McNamara, and you've been listening to the Sick Podcast with me. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.